Welcome to She's Ambitious AF, the bold and empowering podcast that turns up the volume on female entrepreneurship. Join us as we dive headfirst into the wild world of boss babes, where we spill the tea on all things ambition, success, and the occasional hilarious disaster. Hi, everyone. I am excited to have our guest, Jackie Baldwin, on the show today. Jackie is a chingonapreneur and Burkenya born and raised, and there are just a slew of things about Jackie that I admire tremendously. Um, but one of those things is her role as executive director at Siembra Leadership High School. Jackie, welcome. Hi, Angelica. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, I would love it if you could give just a little bit of background on the school and your role, and then we'll go ahead and dive into conversation. Yes, absolutely. So Siembra is a high school. It's very special. It's located in the heart of downtown Albuquerque. We currently have three buildings all along Central Avenue. We serve nearly 400 young people at this time. We've been around since 2016. When we got started, we started off with 12 young people. Uh, the school is unique and innovative and dynamic in that we have a three-pillar model of project-based learning, student support, and community engagement. And one of my most favorite things about the school is that we focus on entrepreneurship. So how do we take that natural hustle that teenagers already have and turn that into a legit business for them, help them uh, support them in doing so? Um, so? That's a little bit, yeah. 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 Well, and, and your um, your passion and how you kind of ended up really being passionate and wanting to support this group of young people. I think we have, you know, some similar stories there. And yeah. just for listeners who don't know, I am on the board and I just I admire Jackie immensely for the drive and really just running a very tight ship, tight ship to help a school, a charter school succeed. Um, but also my personal drive in wanting to be a board member is I was once deemed at-risk youth. And I've shared with listeners, I, I grew up in some very rough parts of Stockton, California, and we eventually moved to New Mexico, and I continued down a very bad path. And so it wasn't a surprise when at 15 I was pregnant. And for many, unfortunately, that does mean the end of a bright future. And I was told that that was the end of my future. But for me, it was a turning point, and I did go on to finish high school when I was getting ready to drop out. I ended up valedictorian. I went on to college, and I did things. I still lived my life, and that's why I'm so inspired by the school and that population that often gets written off. So, Jackie, I'd love to hear a little bit about why it, it, it captures your heart and why you're so passionate. Oh, that's the heart of it. That's, that's the beautiful part of it. So uh, the young people that we serve at the school are 95% students of color every year. And they're nearly half of all the young people that come to Siembra are um, over age and undercredited. So they had a, a gap in traditional school at some point, behind on credits for whatever reason, some of the, you know, reasons that you named and, and other things as well. I think what draws me to the school is that... Um, it really allows us a chance to build school around the needs of kids rather than the other way around. And so uh, for me in particular, 
I am actually a high school dropout who is now a principal. And so that experience of um, like going to Highland High School here in Albuquerque, um, getting into lots of trouble when I was a teenager, uh, I can just really recognize the importance of having a place where um, you start fresh every day. And I I think that's missing in a lot of experiences. Um, So this is so important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and having recently been able to attend our board retreat and see some of the faculty and other board members, that is the um, kind of the recurring theme is is people really see the light in these kids and these young people, and the the ability to help spark that 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 drive to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And yep. could you share a little bit about how the school goes about that? Yes, absolutely. And so I think what I can say is that it certainly starts uh, with myself. So I don't view myself as a traditional school leader, but more of a social entrepreneur and uh, using the organization as a larger vehicle for social justice and building everything from the ground up, just as entrepreneurs do. When it comes to our young people, uh, what we want to do is make sure that Number one, they feel safe and comfortable and that when they walk into the school, they feel like they're around adults that care about them. And when you create that type of environment, it allows them to be able to be um, their most best and genuine self and all their juicy and unique and individual ideas come out. And um, there's curriculum, right, where we're of teachers and we have entrepreneurial curriculum that is embedded in every single one of our projects for a project-based learning school. Um, We have a business capstone that young people are in at every single um, grade level. And so one example I can share with you is when young people are are seniors, imagine instead of taking like a written pen and paper test, uh, what they are doing is pitching their business ideas and um, getting prizes for money. And they're doing uh, winter markets downtown and selling their actual items um, at their business. So it looks, looks very different. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's incredible in that it's starting that journey earlier. And I wish I would have gotten on that track sooner. I think in, in my mind, I come from a family of entrepreneurs and I had a lot of negative association associations with it. I always associated it with not having enough money ever. And so not realizing that there are ways to grow a sustainable business and, and scale it. I think it's wonderful that you're introducing those concepts early. Can you share a little bit about some of the, you know, successes of the students who have graduated and are and are running their own things? Yes, absolutely. So uh, there is a young man. His name is Angel Sanchez, and he was from our first graduating class in 2020 um, when COVID hit. He was a COVID grad, and he has his own store that is located inside a Puerto Vida tattoo shop. So if you are ever in need of clothing merchandise or sneakers, um, that is a grad. And here at the school, he would, for example, um, start using the location of the school downtown and sell his shoes um, from school. And, and we would turn different spaces in the school into his uh, like storage spaces. And now his shop is is amazing. Um, so we oftentimes take kids to him, uh, take staff to him so they can check out what he's done. 
we have a bunch of young people that are actually involved in food, so cooking. Um, we have one young man. There is a quesadilla way here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, located on Gibson um, by the base. And so he has a restaurant that he runs there. It's very good if you like birria tacos. I highly recommend Yes. Uh, another example that comes to mind is With Love Waffles. And so that's a food truck that specializes in any kind of waffle your heart desires. Uh, we oftentimes have this young woman come and cater different events that we have here at the school. Um, so there are, there's a bunch of different examples. Those are some. Awesome. Well, we'll have to include some links to, to some of those in case our local folks want to check it out. I I want to shift gears a little bit here and talk about more your path as an entrepreneur. So you describe yourself as a social entrepreneur, um, but your success in having built a charter school that started with a handful of students and has grown tremendously and has good ratings and especially with charter schools not always having a, a positive association because we hear about the bad ones. Um, Tell me about some of your challenges in having grown the school to where it is now. It has been so, this has been a full challenge. So, so many challenges. Um, so I think uh, location is one, right? So we, we started off actually with out of location at all. And so for the first two weeks, the school was in existence. Uh, we met on a front lawn downtown and we got our lunches and our backpacks and we hit the community for the entire day um, until our facility was ready. I think we've been in about, uh, I want to say six different facilities. We've rented different spaces downtown. Um, I think the whole piece of, uh, like, you don't get trained anywhere on how to finance facilities and facility acquisition. So it's like a learn as you which is very much entrepreneurial yeah I think the trust has been uh, huge with the community and families and parents because you are literally asking somebody to trust you with their kid for their high school experience and that is such a big deal um, so one of the successes and tremendous hardships was uh, growing our student population and so uh, we've gone from 12 to nearly 400 kids in the last um, seven-ish years, which is tremendous. And that hasn't been um, that hasn't been the same experience for all char charters locally. Uh, you see it decreases or challenges meeting the enrollment goals. So we've seen exponential growth, which has been fantastic, but it also calls for the need to look for more facilities faster and be innovative as to how we're renting spaces and using spaces downtown. Uh, I think one thing that I've learned that's very entrepreneurial and not so much like a traditional uh, school principal is the the scaling of your business. And so it's like always this very fine dance of uh, scaling budget and staff and students and facilities and programming um, and getting better at all of those all of the time and so it's been a it's been such a challenge it has been such a good one though I have learned so much yeah yeah, yeah. well I mean it's 
it's no easy task, but that, to your point, is that is very entrepreneurial, is learning how to address challenges, how to grow, how to build something that's sustainable, and that eventually can run on its own. And you've assembled a team, and they, I, I can tell they all you know, hold you in such high regard, but I think a lot of that is you've empowered them. Um, yes, you've provided the right infrastructure, but you're positioning, positioning the school to succeed. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how you got to that point. I I would love to share more about that. What I have found is that uh, being around a lot of adult professionals, we always tend to want to celebrate our accomplishments and accolades. And uh, like there's this whole beautiful story in the human part of us that we don't always hold space for. So thank you. Um, so I, I grew up here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I grew up in the 87108 um, zip code. Um, I grew up extremely poor, extremely, extremely poor. I grew up the oldest of five. Um, so sometimes you hear things about oldest daughters. So I'm very much one of those uh, oldest daughters. My parents are uh, my parents are teenagers when they had me. They were both in high school. They were 17 and 18 years old. Um, so a lot of uh, like growing up with them and caring for younger siblings. Um, I think I learned a lot of toughness and a lot of grit. And I got into a ton of trouble as a teenager. A ton of trouble. Uh, ditching trouble, legal trouble, making lots of bad decisions. Um led to being a dropout. I share the same story as you, Angelica, and being a, a younger parent and also being a single parent for a long time. Um, I went into actually social work. I went into social work first uh, because I wanted to work with teenagers. I always thought that there's a special time um, in a person's life in their teen years where if you have the right people around you, it can totally be a game changer. Um, never wanted to work in a school, much less a high school, much less run a high school. Um, but teenagers was the entry point. And I thought to myself, you know, there's no better place um, than a school because that's when you're around them the most. Like you literally have them with you every day. Uh, and charter school gives you the opportunity to um, be super responsive to what kids need are and not be as confined um, as you might be in the larger school district. So I've had tons of challenges. I went from uh, high school dropout and juvenile delinquent, and then I went on to get four, um, four college degrees and a teaching license and an admin license. Um, I think at some point, like, the pendulum swung where I felt like, oh, my gosh, I have to prove myself to everybody and show that this poor kid that was a dropout is worth it. And now I'm kind of in this really comfortable space where um, it's like my personal experience is what makes me a good leader now. And the other things like degrees or whatever are just kind of, they're an addition, but they're not the heart of it. Yeah. I think the heart of it is the resiliency that was created as a result of those experiences. And, you know, I, when I think back about my childhood, yes, there was plenty that I wish I never experienced, but the gift in it is that I know how to overcome obstacles and I know how to be extremely resourceful. And I think that a lot of times, you know, our youth don't understand or don't hear enough about the hard things. And especially as, as entrepreneurs, it is a hard thing to do. It is a grind at times. It can be... Um, 
I consider it to be one of, if not the most vulnerable human experiences that anyone can voluntarily sign up for. You will experience terror, elation, joy, sometimes all in the span of a day or a week. Like it's, it's, it's a wild ride, but it's incredibly rewarding. And I think it's important to talk about the good, but also the challenges that come with it. And also what shapes a good entrepreneur, the characteristics of a good entrepreneur. And I think a lot of the students at your school have those characteristics. They have grit and they have resilience and they have resourcefulness. And I think sending that message to them that, hey, your circumstances may not be the greatest or what you want right now in life, but they've created some traits that can help you create a really tremendous future. I'd love to hear more about your your plans for the school. You know, entrepreneurs are dreamers. And what are your dreams for the school? I have lots of dreams for the school. Um, so I would like for the school to expand. I think, you know, I, I shared that we're at about 400 students. Um, our enrollment cap is 450. I'd like to see us expand to 900 or 1,200 students um, not just being ambitious for the sake of ambition or scaling just to scale, but I believe that this model can serve more kids. I think there's more kids that need this, um, and they deserve it. They deserve it. So I'd like to scale and expand, uh, double, triple on enrollment. Um, also being that we're a school that serve young people that are economically disadvantaged, we see a number of young people that, uh, are precariously housed or facing homelessness. And so I would love for us to start buying up condos and apartments downtown and using those spaces as transitional living spaces um, for kids so they have a safe place to live without the um, worry of doing it all on their own but being connected to the school. Um, so transitional housing, I don't think it's ever been done with a charter school before. We would be the first, um, and it's needed. Again, not just being ambitious for the sake of ambition, but um, kids, kids do need it. Um, another thing is childcare. And so we have a number of young people that already have um, children themselves, or they're taking care of younger siblings, or their parents could totally benefit from having subsidized childcare in a safe and high quality place. So I'd love to add a childcare wing here. Um, paid internships for me are a huge opportunity for young people. So not just limiting young people um, and their learning that it has to take place in the school and within the four walls of the school, but there are so many people out in the community that can mentor a young person and teach them. And um, for me to go out and find funding to be able to finance that for a young person like say hey we're going to pair you with somebody give you an equitable hourly wage um, and high school credit for this learning experience um, right now we just launched that program uh, this past january we have about 30 kids participating i'd like to scale that to every kid so a couple hundred kids um, college is not something that we want to push down every young person's throat, but what we do want to do is say it is here and it is free and we will connect you and we will make it happen. Um, so we have a number of young people that are working on an entrepreneurship certificate or a business certificate at the school. And I would like to, um, expand that. And that's through our partnership with CNM. Um, 
So lots of ideas, and I'm sure that there's a lot more, but that's a that's a pretty good start. I love that. I love the um, the dreaming big, and you've demonstrated that you can hit targets, and then the dreams just get bigger. So I can't wait to see what the next few and several years hold for the school. Um, I would, I, well, I love your point about you know not shoving college down the kids' throats, and especially at at this time in life when a four-year degree is not necessary. And, you know, I, I got my undergrad and my master's. And really, at this point, I, I probably wouldn't have needed a master's. I did it because I wanted to learn open source programming when, I, when now you can just do an eight-week boot camp. I mean, there are other options to learn new skills. And just recognizing that college isn't for everyone and sometimes it's for them, but it's at a later time. And not everyone goes straight from high school to college. There's there's other alternatives, and I think it's worth um, calling that out as not being a bad thing. It's not that you aren't moving on to right things. It's that you are choosing a path that works better for you. So I love that aspect of the school. Well, I would love to talk a little bit more about the internship side of things. How can, is it local businesses only that you're looking to be able to provide internships or tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So young people are in a paid internship program for a semester. So August to December or January to May. And they do anywhere between 10 and 15 hours per week. So it's not a full-time job. It's um, it's exposure, right? And we want to make sure that we have community partners. And so far, we have done um, local. We want to have community partners that are in a position to host a young person and mentor a young person. Um, and then the school then goes back and pays the young people an hourly wage there is potential, though, now that you brought this up, you're making me think here. There's potential to do um, national partnerships because the school has four different programs and two of them um, don't require the young people, the young person being here. So there's an asynchronous program and a virtual. And so with those, I think we can totally open it up to um uh, you know, virtual paid internship opportunities. The world has changed since COVID, so there are no limits. I mean, COVID was horrible, but it taught us a lot. Yes. Yeah. I think the um, the virtual world that it created, mm-hmm. you know, it's it did amazing things for healthcare because that's my background. Yep. And it, it forced the adoption of telehealth, which is now here to stay. Yep. And the same thing for career paths. You don't have to live in the place where you want to work or the company you want to work for. And the reason, you know, it was selfishly motivated why I was inquiring about the internships, because we have some opportunities at, at my business, and I would like to explore that path in the next school year to be able to have some students support us. That would be awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Well, I would love to hear, before we wrap, your um. What is your your message to students who might be considering the school as a path or maybe they're just thinking, you know what, I'm just done with high school. I'm just going to, you know, go to work as a lot of us do at that age and just think you're just going to support themselves. What, what advice would you have for them? I would I would tell young people it is 
perfectly normal to feel done with high school. And it is perfectly normal for you to want to start working. All of those things are completely fine. And if you're in a place where you are looking to come to school that is very different and there are a ton of options that will be designed around you, um, this would be a place for you. Everything is hands-on and you have support and you have access to different reasons and high school doesn't have to be bad. And I am so sorry if you had a experience before at another high school or anywhere else um, where you didn't feel cared for or seen, uh, but that's not the case everywhere. Uh, and lastly, I would say is it is okay to start fresh every single day. Start fresh every day. And if you're behind on credits or whatever else, um, and you're hearing this from somebody that is a principal that was also a dropout, you can do anything. You can do anything. So, I mean, that resonates on many levels, but especially for the listeners of this podcast, the female entrepreneurs and the hustlers, the ones with drive, there are plenty of ways where you just need to start anew. And it's okay that things hadn't gone your way before, but it, it takes that in entrepreneurship and just in life in general. And that's a wrap on another episode of She's Ambitious AF. Remember to dream big, hustle harder, and show the world that when it comes to success, we're not just ambitious, we're ambitious AF.